0: good morning on this bowl of question crunch phil and darren have returned to chat with me about love and cartoons answering questions about romantic couples characters that we would ship and uncomfortably sexy fish So this is the first episode for valentine's day well you know february but i always think of that whenever i think of february i don't know it's because i work in comics and cartoons that i just always have to think ahead and so whenever i see february i think of pastels pinks purples and romance it's just always associated with valentine's day for me despite the fact that i don't care about saint valentine whatsoever but it's the romance it's love love is love whatever Um, And then when I think about romance, I often think about cartoons and what I've seen from uh, Ralph Wiggum's uh, train Valentine card on the Simpsons to Bugs Bunny in drag. Romance has just been a big staple in cartoons. Now, a lot of times it's not really serious romance, it's funny romance that I've seen in cartoons. Uh, And so I have a lot of questions for both of you from uh, Phil to Darren. Uh, you are my guest here. You've both been on uh, a bunch of podcasts. I feel like Darren is now my staple for whenever I have like a group. <laughs> Darren's like, I'm down to join. I'm I'm willing to talk nerdy with you about whatever subject. So, welcome both of you. Uh, I guess we're going to get the game started with, because like when I think about romance and cartoons, I start thinking about all of the couples in my head, in my memory. So, the first question then is, what animated romances do you think about often? Like in your adult life or whatever.
1: I'll I'll <laughs> jump in. I'll jump in first on this one, then. Um. So, for me, one of the most like long-running animated romances I can remember is um, and it's kind of a cheat because it comes from comics from the classic X Men cartoon as well. Is Rogue and Gambit, like rogue and gambit they've had their ups and downs as well in the comics they've they've never like fully separated as far as i can remember but they've definitely had like times where they've been on the rocks and stuff but they always find their way back together and you know gambit is he's an arsehole he, he's like you know he plays fast and loose with everything he seems like the type of character that doesn't care but then like you know in a recent comic he rogue thought he was bailing on her. he wasn't he broke into a place to steal the bicycle, the motorbike they drove on their first date and to steal back the dress from the first time they ever dated each other. You know, and like every now and then in the comics and stuff, they'll just do these like super romantic things out of nowhere. And I feel like even way back then, it was like one of the healthier relationships in, um, in like animated stuff and in comic books, it was never just, oh, this female character needs to be coupled to a man because Rogue has always been one of like the strongest X-Men by far. So she never needed a man to like validate her. Um and you know, so that was always just like a really sort of positive one that I remember from like growing up, Brogan, Gambit, and they were just a couple. And yeah, it just like was a positive cartoon romance. It wasn't like the other romances you saw on TV at the time, like married with children or anything like that, you know? So that's the main one that sticks in my head from back then. And All film. right. <laughs>
2: um, I feel like uh, one of uh, like my OTPs at the moment is like from a recent show that we we have discussed before, definitely Owl House*, <laughs> and probably not the ones that you think. It's not. It's not, as much as I love Luce and Amity and um, um, and then also uh, Rain and uh, Rain and uh, Ida. I had like this particular just gravitation towards Hunter and Willow. I think about them a lot. They did not have a lot of screen time in that show, but every single connection and interaction they had was just, it was very real to me, very raw. And there's like, you could just tell there was so much, like, you know, even though they had like this type of characters attract, um, like differences attract, opposites attract, there you go, there's the words, <laughs> opposites attract type of dynamic. There was just a lot that just, like, from the very beginning, from the first time that they met, there was just so much chemistry and so much that was putting into place, so much observations on both ends, where they were both um, actually, you know, documenting each other in just, like, a very lovely way. There were things that they were remembering about each other from, you know, their strengths to their insecurities, and I felt like when it came to their dynamic, it was never really... Um, just for, okay, let's just put them push them together because of plot. Like watching it from like the very beginning when this girl pretty much like took him from the sky <laughs> while he was like flying. And it was just a situation of like, hey, you seem like a strong individual. Let's start this, uh, this uh, sports team together. And then it just like, you know, it was just definitely a blossoming of like, both of these characters are very insecure characters. They both have lots of history and their own standalone stories about their insecurities and their growth and how they became the strong characters that they are today and they were able to both kind of come together and see this immaculate strength in one of each other but then as they got to know each other they were able to see more of those like insecurities i was like wow that reflects a lot of how i feel and i understand and i can empathize with this and not even just in a romantic sense. I just want to be able to help you navigate through that, even just as a friend. And then the fact that the romantics, like the romance, was kind of definitely something that built later on was that was just really refreshing to me because you can see them just grow a genuine friendship on empathy and understanding and being in each other's shoes, and then just like seeing like seeing each other for who they truly are, but also seeing and accepting and loving the flaws that they possess as well. So. That was like, just every moment I saw with them together from just like the really subtle, like times, like Hunter was just like, oh my gosh, this chick is very strong and badass, (laughs) And the little blushes to like, just those little moments of like, you know, Hunter kind of having a meltdown with his hair and Willow just like, you know what, let me help you here, you know? And it was just, I don't know, they they were just adorable and lovely. And I've watched so many analysis videos and just like, they're so cute. So that's that's my little OTP right now that I think about a lot.
0: It's it's strange, it's strange, but I agree with you because like uh I feel Owl House, it's, okay. So first off, first off, the relationship I picked is uh definitely not as uh, wholesome and as uh, positive as the two that you picked. Um, but one thing I really like about Owl House now that I'm thinking about it, is there were a lot of really uh not not damaged, but there were a lot of uh, characters that had their negative points. But it seems like a lot of the relationships throughout the show has people, you know, accepting or inviting someone with uh, with love, with intimacy, of being like, you know, it doesn't have to be romantic love. It could just be like, hey, you need a friend. You need someone to support you and give you the time of day to be able to like let you grow. And Owl House is all about growth for every single character. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for the ending, but I one of my favorite <laughs> things is where uh, Luz is like, no, I can't do that. And the other characters are like, no, you know what? I'm not going to say that because I do, I want people to see the ending and be surprised by that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren, have you seen Owl House?
1: <clears throat> I don't think I have. Um, I, I don't know if it's uh, something American because I had other ones that I could have mentioned that were more like UK, uh-huh. uh, UK youth TV based as well. So I, I chose not to pick them um, because, you know, small island big country it's like go for things that more people will know um but there's lots of like teen dramas and stuff we had in the uk growing up as well and they had like relationships and then you talk about at school and stuff um Were were they animated no no a lot of them were like live action as well um like uh, and some of them are animated but most most like uk based stuff was live action because it was just easier to make than uh, than having like actual good animators i suppose um but you know like every country has their own version of degrassi so it was that type of like melodramatic teen romance thing um that everyone loves so but i i don't think i've seen the show that you're talking about um but yeah, maybe maybe I should. If you send me a link after this, I'll definitely check it out. Oh,
0: I highly recommend it, and it's really bad because I feel like I should get paid by Disney. How much time? How many? How often? I'm like, watch this Disney thing. It's it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. That be that being said, you should watch Al House made by Disney. Talk <laughs> um, show. <laughs> I am really bummed out that it got canceled way before it should have, because I feel like those last episodes were them trying to cram as much plot as they possibly could. Uh, and I think that Disney, you know, as much as I'm like, hey, watch this Disney thing, I do think it's Disney being like, oh, this show is too progressive. We can't have that. those subjects in a cartoon. <laughs>
2: Um, I still cried with each episode. They they put a lot of heart and soul for those, you know, those three 45-minute increments that they had to work with. Like, I every single moment, I was just like,
0: oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is a beautiful cartoon. And I highly recommend it. Uh, the couple that I was thinking of, and it's not even a couple. It's just a romantic uh, story that I think about a lot, is... Uh, uh, Fifi Lafume from uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, specifically the uh, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, because she becomes obsessed with a teen heartthrob Johnny Pugh. And it's depressing how she's just obsessed with his character. And uh, Johnny, Pugh, Johnny Pugh, yeah, sorry. I actually look up Wikipedia because I could not remember his name. Johnny Pugh is the celebrity that she uh, becomes obsessed with. And he completely takes advantage of her. And eventually, she has an outburst that's like, you know what? I deserve better than this. And she just loses it all over him. And I think she even, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, but I think she gets violent, which is good, which is good. He totally deserves it. But I feel like Tiny Toons has a lot of instances like, like that where their female characters are being totally taken advantage of and they're just like uh, full of romance. And the object of the romance is like, oh, whatever. And I guess that's funny. But looking like, it was funny as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so definitely not the wholesome uh, the wholesome character. I feel like Phil's choice of Alhouse cuz like it's been a long time since, since I've seen X-Men. I would never think of Gambit as healthy.
1: He's he, but Gambit is not a healthy character, but the way he loves Rogue is Okay. Like, he he is everything to him. He would he would happily die for her. And he doesn't ask for the same in return. So like he is um he is always written as being like you know, he's he's wisecracking, he's loudmouth, he's a thief, he's a drunkard, he'll go into bars to get into fights just because he's bored. But he's a different person with her. It's it's one of these weird comic book things where like he's not a great character by himself. Like a gambit solo series has been tried and it kinda like Gambit and Second Son storyline was one of the most powerful creatures ever and he got himself limited on purpose so that he could still be himself. Um, but Gambit, like, as a character, is nothing by himself. Like, he's good, but he couldn't carry a story, whereas Rogue could. And then, so he's he's more like her foil, which is, like, a, the whole other way around for how comic books usually work, how, like, that type of sort of... Well, it's almost expressly aimed at men type of media works. You know, it's like a man with this superhero fantasy character on his side but here you've got this super strong female that can take anyone's power literally you know she has to be very careful around him she has to wear her gloves around him so she's not taking from him so she's always in that role of like i need to look out for you i need to make sure that you're okay because i'm too powerful for you and like that that dynamic being switched is what makes it like you know he's always in the 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 backseat role with her he's never going to be the star and it always kind of seemed like that from the start to me and that's kind of what made it healthy and in, in as much as like it's showing you a relationship where you know the man isn't necessarily he's an alpha man definitely but in his relationship he's just not because she is so much stronger and so much more than he is and he doesn't even try and fight it. he's just like nah, yeah i love this woman because she is who she is and that's kind of like what makes it what makes it work you know like they've got their own comic book miniseries happening recently as well, and it's the same in that he gets into shit, she has to go in and save him. He's like the damsel in distress more often than not, and I just love that that uh, the the script being turned around like that is pleasing to me.
0: So what you're telling me is I should watch the uh, X Men '90s series on Disney Plus. You're trying to advertise for Disney on me again
1: i mean i'm I'm not expressly advertising for disney um but you know i i hear that um yeah it is on there you could watch it there if you want you could watch the upcoming x-men 92 reboot as well um but yeah i don't want to give money to disney (laughs) so sorry for your sponsorship try there but uh
2: I mean, we did we did go over uh, at Owl House, and that is <laughs> – that's well,
0: what's Disney. Really, what's really <laughs> bad is that Disney has their fingers in everything, because if I'm talking yeah. about Looney Tunes, which was Warner Brothers, which was on Nickelodeon, uh, currently I think they're on Hulu, which Disney owns most of Hulu. So yep. hooray <laughs> for Monopolies!
1: Oh, that was almost like it is a Monopoly. Yeah.
0: Huh? <laughs> uh, that's really disgusting I think about because we all mentioned something Disney. Now, even though we didn't – that was not the uh, intention, but we did. Um,
1: yeah, that that being kinda... said,
0: <laughs> what animal characters do you think of – what animal characters do you find way too attractive? And you said that you didn't want to get too fucked up, which I forget that I did not mention profanity, but uh, go with the profanity. I am super cool with profanity. Feel free to get fucked up. I've mentioned furriness. I've mentioned uh, being a furry. Uh, I'm not a furry, but I look at the cartoons, and there's a lot of way-too-sexy animals throughout cartoons. So, which ones are yours?
1: Um, I'll start on this then. So, yeah. Man, there's a lot. I think there's there's Cleo the little goldfish from Pinocchio, who's got like, those <laughs> big sort of like 1950s Holy shit. Eyes. <laughs> You Know what I mean? She's got like that whole, like, she's got that pin up eyes, <laughs> pin up face, and then it's a goldfish. It's like, how, why, why I'm did glad, you do that, Disney?
0: I'm glad that you mentioned because, like, when you said, Oh, I might get fucked up, I didn't think you would go with someone who's not humanoid at all.
1: Oh, well, there's more. There's also oh, the, the sort of mermaid, I can't remember, it's like a mermaid looking type of fish from a shark's tail. I think you know the one I mean. She does oh, it like, the whole I mean, sort don't of don't sultry. Don't... Sorry. No, Lola. (laughs) yes she does like the whole sultry dance thing i'm like (laughs) again this is for kids right what are you trying to force kids into a sexual awakening and then they're gonna grow up and fuck a a halibut like what what are we doing here (laughs) and then um there's like there's i um i thought of fran from final fantasy 12 who started the whole sort of pinello race being in it they're basically Supermodel bodies bunny ears, but like actually attached to them. Um so that's like more humanoid. I, you're you're supposed to say like fucking Lola Bunny from Space Jam, I think. Because again, there was no reason for her to come in with like a little top one and like they know what they're doing. They do it on purpose. Like, why are we sexualizing fucking kids' shows? And then um I don't think
0: the, I don't think that I don't think that the fish of Pinocchio was sexualized.
1: <laughs> no, well, Look at the eyes, look at the eyes on that face. Right, me. the eyes,
2: the eyes were a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, you tell me Jiminy's not gave it a try. Like, Jiminy is. <laughs> he's tried to be a good conscience, but even he's like struggling. He's got an ant on one side and a fire ant on the other and they're fighting over what he should do. He's looking
0: at the, he's looking over the fish. He's like, oh, give me a little whistle anytime.
1: <laughs> right, he's like, why am I wasting all my time with this chump? I could be back here, like, you know, getting a filial fish. But, um, and then Judy hops from Zootopia because, oh. like, she's strong, she's spunky, she goes for it, she knows what she wants, and she has like her little moments of doubt, but she rallies and comes back. Um, and then one more I'll mention is the Beast from beauty and the beast i watched a video recently about um how it wasn't well it was kind of a video it was from one a, a streamer that I, I like a lot will math he um he was talking about how like more women than you think are into like you know monsters and into like you know the sort of transhumanism monster fucker type thing because it, it it, it made the point. You watch when the Beast turns back into the Prince in Beauty and the Beast. The look on Belle's face is disgusted. He's like, oh, you're just like another rich boy with like wavy hair and shit. Where's my, where's my big handsome Beast? Where's this big charming man that could crush me but chooses not to? Like, so, you know, the Beast in Beauty and the Beast is, is one, because he's, he's more of a gentleman than any other character in that one. Like, he's... He's openly aggressive at first because of how they've treated him. And then he's just this soft, gentle character that knows how to dance and wants to look after her. So, you know, he's like the typical sort of one that a lot of people would say, I think, as well, because he is just this good guy. And like Gaston is a piece of shit. But we've covered this before as well, how Gaston probably has PTSD and it's not his fault. But yeah.
0: Damn, Phil. Uh, (laughs) Darren came... (laughs) <laughs> ready with a list of
2: all the animals. The just also. I, I also have my nose. I'm ready for it. Like, I'm so all ready.
0: Right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's see what you got. All right. So, first
2: of all, <laughs> I am definitely one of those people in the whole monster fucker market. I would just be full disclosure right there. That is me. That is, that is my thing. Um, I have very high expectations for my real life world and and, and it's and it's terrible um <laughs> but so um For starters, I know, okay, so since we're going to go into like the very obscure references in which we like had those moments of like, wow, that is attractive, like um, going building off that Cleo thing. I think the very first thing (laughs) for me personally was a movie that no one really remembers, but I still watch like to this day because it was like one of those hyper fixation movies for me as a kid was the nuttiest Nutcracker. And it was like this weird, super bad CGI spin on, you know, uh, the the Christmas Nutcracker film. And that particular version of uh, the Rat King, I don't know. Okay, he was just really flirty, and he was just all like, "Yeah, no, I want you to make, I want to make you my queen. I'm gonna whisk you away to my kingdom." And I was just like, I don't know. There was something about that. Me being this little six-year-old who's like, "Yeah, I'm about this. Let's go. Take me to your kingdom." I, you know, it was just, it was weird stuff. Um I, <laughs> but um definitely, and then it's just like I knew as I got older. I know that is very well known, but to the people who don't know, I love Ninja Turtles. Now I have no feelings towards the turtles themselves. They are like folks that I've always seen as like, yo, those are like my bros. Those those are who I would I would want as family. Those are you know those are the guys who I'm just like I would love to have just as roommates. However, when uh, Miyamoto Usagi came onto the screen for the 2003 version of the Ninja Turtles. And he was just like this adorable little samurai rabbit. And he had like put his ears back with his little like ponytail holder. And he was just like, he was just like a dynamite character. He was just all like, yeah, no, I am, you know, I'm full of honor, I'm full of, um, you know, just, just, just he was just like so helpful and just wonderful. And then I don't know, it was just like, just every time there was like a fight scene, like just him sparring with Leonardo, I was just like, yes, I love it. This is, I love him. <clears throat> Now gonna go because <laughs> there's two more. All right. Make it quit. There's two more. Um like I know me, you mean you, Jimmy, were talking about me kind of going into a deep dive of like <laughs> ninja turtle like clone universes. And so like recently, of course, I got into biker mice oh. from Mars.
0: Uh, Listen before, before, no, before you get into it, <laughs> I'm really worried that you're gonna steal one of mine because I've got three. I'm really Uh looking forward to seeing which one you pick because I picked one, one of the Biker Mice from Mars. There's (laughs) no picking one. There's no picking one? All right, no, for
2: For me, there's no picking one. I want a polyamorous relationship with Vinny, with Moto, with Carbine and Throttle, all all four of them. (laughs) I, listen, like watching the Ninja Turtles, everyone's like, oh, there's so much sexual tension between the Turtles and April O'Neil, which honestly, it was not there. They were imagining things. And Biker Mice from Mars, there was like not a moment where there wasn't some, for, some form of flirting from everybody. And I was Seriously. not ready for the sexual tension in this show. And
0: it was. I should, I should have given crazy. you a heads up on that. I should have given you a heads up on that because I'm all about Black and Mice from Mars. <laughs> and you posted about it. And I was like, oh yeah, get ready. You can <laughs> like enjoy every this.
2: <laughs> like, they all had like, their strengths and just things that I just gravitated towards. You know, Modo just being, like, this giant sweetheart, but a little bit of a himbo as well. And then you got Vinny, who's just, like, unhinged. Throttle, who's just, like, is th- the fucking voice. And I did not know that that was Rob Paulson at all for the longest time. I was like, what do you mean that's Raphael? <laughs> what do you mean that's PJ from Goofy Movie? That No way. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And then the final one, final, final, final one, which... A lot of my friends were just like, wait, really? Superfly from the new Ninja Turtles film, Mutant Mayhem. Okay, first of all, design just spectacular. Also voiced by Ice Cube and honestly, just, just had some feelings. Like he was just, he was just too buff and just just too OP for his own thing. And I don't know, it's just like, maybe it was just like that whole, like, you know, just strong black man demeanor that he got going on, the swagger, the theme music. I don't know, but Superfly, my man. I'm done.
1: <laughs> <Right over. laughs> what I will say about the biker mice from Mars is that you know Vinny can fuck like you know that he is you know that he's good for it like they right. just all they all come across as as being like they're just they're way too charismatic as well. Again, it's it's a show for you know how you know how like um, Nickelodeon and and Disney Plus has like done this back in the day where they'd make a show for kids but they'd put in one character for the dads. <laughs> i feel like biker mice mars was characters for their mums and you know dads who are also into fucking giant mice um i just wonder like what part lawrence limburger plays in all of this i feel like he could arrange that hookup as long as he could stream it um and then you're talking about clones like the street sharks they were just like no that was like too far like I don't know the biker mice from Mars. Like they stayed charismatic. They're buff. They're they're are human enough, but then the street sharks are just they just look stupid. They look like Doritos that have got skates on them, and it just didn't work for me. I,
0: d- d- I, I drew a comic about this. i drew, I drew a comic about Forgotten fir- Furry Fuel, and I've got uh, Captain Simeon from S- Captain Simeon's Space Monkeys. I've got uh one of the characters from uh Cowboys of Moo Mesa, and uh, I have a street shark. And then the two characters are like, I don't think you're one of the furry fuel. I don't think that a lot of people were attracted no. to the street sharks. And then the street shark is like, uh, your kink shaming is not josom. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I think I think more people would be willing to go for Captain Bucky O'Hare than for a Street Shark.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh so the nutty, the nutty, the nuttiest nutcracker, I did not I was not aware of this cartoon. Their food?
2: Yes, it is is such a silly thing. It was one of those things. It was one of those things where it's just like, you know, my mom, like, you know, would just buy VHS tapes because it was like, oh, well, it's a cartoon, you know, it's a kid thing. Um, And I know that there are a few VHS tapes because I still own them. I still have that one in particular, too. Um, And I know there's a few that I had growing up that actually had the trailer for this film um, as the, um, um, for some of the previews in the beginning of the movies. I'm trying to think which ones, but, um, but it's basically, it's just the nuttiest nutcracker. Um, And instead of it just being this journey that, you know, like the princess and the nutcracker go on on their own, um, it was this, um, and then they meet like a handful of friends. They were literally going on this adventure with the food in the kitchen for Christmas. So it's like a bunch of nuts, like literal nuts. Like there's like there's peanuts, There's, (laughs) there's an almond dude, there's a walnut, and then you have like broccoli and oranges and there's just like fucking sentient just food who are just, you know, these zany characters, and who are, you know, helping in this fight against the Rat King. And it was just like Reginald, like, came onto the scene, and he was voiced by James Belushi. <laughs> and he came onto the scene, and he was just like, yeah, I want power. I want to take over Christmas. I need this star, but also while I'm getting this uh, Christmas star for all the power, I'm also gonna bag me a hot wife. And so he had his eyes set on. Um, <laughs> On the main character, usually her name is Clara. In this one, it's Marie. I know there's so many different versions of it. But yeah, he was just all like, you know what? Yes, I'm going to run Christmas. And I'm also just going to, you know what? Come with me. Be my queen. Let's do this. This is great. And I was just like, I don't know. Something did it for me. Looking back on it, he was problematic as all hell. But like as a kid, I was just like, I think that's just kind of what sparked my damsel in distress and monster love kind of kink fantasy type things that I have to this day. So here we are. Hello.
0: <laughs> so when when you mention when you mentioned the whole uh, being attracted to villains, mentally I when I when I, when you first started talking about Snuckcracker, my mind was like I bet the voice actor for The Rat is Tim Curry, but uh, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, nope, Jim Belushi, that's fine, too, whatever. But Tim Curry was the one... Tim Curry was the voice I was attracted to when it when. Tim Curry was the one who was like, hey, Jimmy, check out the uh, the villain side. I think you're going to find them more attractive than the heroes. I'm like, all right, that's I guess okay. so.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, Hexus, let's go.
0: Yeah, seriously. Never been uh, so
2: attracted to a puff of smoke. Yeah, just... <laughs>
0: You weren't attracted to the pope, of, the puff of uh, marijuana in the uh, cartoon heroes when they're like smoking is bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hexus, when Hexus does that song "Toxic Love" and does that song, mm-hmm. like ooh ah, that's yep. very nice. It's hot as hell. That's <laughs> amazing. It was beautiful. <laughs> so the animals that I picked for uh, <laughs> uh, that I find are too attractive. I think that. The first one is too basic because I see it all over uh, all over social media. Everyone talks about Roxanne from Goofy Movie. I think, yes, I am very attracted to Roxanne, but I feel like that's too basic. I feel like it's on the same level of like, saying, oh, yeah, I'm attracted to Jessica Rabbit. All right, whatever. <laughs> i love me some Roxanne. Uh, Minerva Mink is an Animaniac character that doesn't get a lot of notoriety for being way too sexy, but Minerva Mink's whole shtick is being overly sexy, because, like, uh, there's a bit where they always have, like, a, in the forest, they have a curtain, and you just see the silhouette of her getting changed, and all the animals are going nuts, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. this is a kid's cartoon? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's her whole bit, is just being sexy, and I just remember being a kid, being like, I don't think I'm allowed to watch this. <laughs>
1: I, I did just look up Minerva Mink and I looked yes, it either. and I I did just go like I get it, like <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from yeah. Uh,
0: when I was I was talking to someone about furries and I mentioned Minerva Mink to people and the first thing I found that uh, Google brought up is she's showing her foot to the POV and I'm like you're not even trying to hide it what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. The third one I want to pick, and this is when you when you brought Biker Mice from Mars, I'm like, oh, you're going to steal mine. But you you went for all of them, which I'm okay with. Yeah. But I definitely picked Throttle because I have always been atta- attracted to Rob Paulson characters uh, from <laughs> Raphael in the 80s to Donatello in the, uh, what, early 2000s to uh Throttle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe even to Yakko Warner now I think about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pinky <laughs> I, Oh Pinky of course when Pinky does a slow narf it's like I like the I like the fast narf but, but I also like the slow narf of like
2: oh. <laughs> I definitely feel like like Throttle is the one. He will take care of you. He will make sure you're good. He will he'll will be a great father to the children. He will always hold down a job. but You will never have to worry about anything a day in your life if you had a Throttle in your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what villains do you find attractive? Ha! You can go on first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Darren, Darren's always been going first. I want to hear you. Okay, go you know first what? fine.
2: Fine, there's many. Okay, but um, I know. Uh, ugh, I mean, it's it's very rare that I don't find a villain attractive. I know that I have a type. I definitely have a type. Okay, I'm a very tall person, and I love being held and feeling small sometimes. So if they are just giant and menacing, I am going to be like, yes, all of this. I, I I accept the challenge. <laughs> um, um, I know one though, uh, Steven Universe. Okay, like I had like a huge thing for Jasper when I watched this show. Like she is so problematic in so many ways, but oh my gosh, it was just one of those things from just like, Lady, wreck me, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I adore her so much. There actually aren't a lot of, I, I want to say there's not really a lot of Disney villains that I had any um, particular things for. Um, just because, I don't know, they made so many of them just scrawny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, but, like, yeah, definitely Jasper from Steven Universe. I'm trying to think of any others um, that come up automatically, because now my brain is going blank now that I'm going first.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what? I'm pretty sure there will be more that will come to me, because, like, any other ones I'm really thinking, that I just keep coming up with, like, anime characters right now, and I'm trying to avoid that entirely, so. Well, no, there you we can
0: bring them up. You can bring up anime, because there's going to be listeners who are also... Like, I'm just... When you bring up anime, because I'm not an anime fan, so when you bring up anime, I'll just be like, Okay, that's cool. But I know there'll <laughs> be listeners who are also empathizing with your attractive your attraction to that character. So feel free to mention anime. I know, but I'm also
2: like trying to like keep in keep in the uh you know, I'm also like challenging myself to like, you know, okay, expand in very particular themes and things like that. That's where I'm at. <laughs>
0: It's but i say you know what that. y'all keep
2: going and build up and then i will i will interject when i'm ready i'm like look yes. i'm like literally got my phone and i'm just like wait we're, who were they again
0: <laughs> feel free to interrupt at any point when you're like oh i got one
2: cool but yeah i just know for a fact jasper that was my babe for the longest time
0: <laughs> uh derek yeah, you got
1: it's hard to mention anime because most anime characters are just drawn by pervy cartoon studios and designed to fuck like, if <laughs> if you've seen Kill the Kill, right? Kill the Kill is so wrong because it is high school students, they get clothing that gives them like special powers, but the two most powerful ones, their clothing turns into like these tiny, almost not there halter tops and super short mini skirts that are upskirting when they're standing still, and they're both supposed to be like 14, 15. But they've been drawn with like the body of like you know the archetypal porn star gianna michaels type body and you're like why do you keep doing this japan i feel <laughs> wrong there is a story here the story is c it's by studio trigger as well my favorite anime studio because i love their art style and then i'm just watching i'm like this is wrong in many ways, and I don't know if I'd want my parents to walk in and watch me watching this. I know it's not hentai, but how do I explain that to someone that doesn't get anime that this is not supposed to be porn? <laughs> like, that show is this. Um, I, and then, man, other ones. So I, I will admit, I did have to look up the age of some of these characters, because with cartoon shows, you never fucking know, right? So the new She-Ra series at the end of it, Andy Stevenson themselves has said that Katra is supposed to be twenty twenty one. So I feel okay with that because Katra in that the the new the new um, Shira series, like she starts out very bratty and and very like annoying. And I, man, if we're talking about kings, I love a fucking brat. Um, it's like my main. <laughs> thing. Um, so yeah, she starts out like that and then you see like the whole damaged side of her and then you see like why she's doesn't want to be a villain but doesn't feel like she can be anything else and you get this whole big character arc of her growth and her like resigning herself to her fate and needing someone to come in and save her and all that shit. So that is just like a really touching one. And then my favourite villain character in terms of like being hot as fuck is another comic book character. I don't know if you know the comic Bomb Queen. Nope. Bomb Queen is a super fucked up comic. Bomb Queen is um she's a supervillain with the power of making things explode. Um, the so U.S. Like, government. Kind of, but it's, it's it's not not like kinetic playing cards. It's, okay. But it's similar. Um, Darren's got the time. U.S. government basically gives her an island. And there's no laws on this island other than what she says goes. So it's just filled with criminals. It's filled with depravity. There's scenes that have got the comics almost cancelled a few times. But Bomb Queen still just rules it all. Like, there's there's a, an issue of the comic where she just goes and fucks up the president because she's bored. Like, she is the ultimate supervillain in comics. And, like, her, her uniform is, like a pair of boots that come up to sort of being just below crotch height and a black thong and then like a white brat up and like she is vile and foul mouthed and disgusting and abject like horribly evil but the the guy that wrote i think his name is jamie niven i'm, I'm not sure the, but the guy that designed it is like i'm gonna make this character so fucking sexy on purpose that you're gonna feel so wrong for finding her hot because she's doing these most terrible things and does not care And it's, like, it's it's really sort of, like, go on, find the villain hot. Go on, I dare you. Find this person hot while she's, like, standing on someone's throat and putting a bomb in their mouth. And it's, yeah. And uh, Evelyn as well, man. Evelyn from from He-Man.
0: Have you watched the the newest uh, Master Universe on Netflix?
1: I've not watched the newest, newest one. Um, Yeah, not the newest,
0: newest one, but the... uh... Yeah, the previous one
1: yeah i've not watched the newest series only came out like a few days ago but yeah yeah. evelyn and the newest ones man like the character arc is there as well but yeah that's just like a sexy fucking character the voice helps a lot what's
0: weird about being uncomfortably attracted to certain characters is that there's a lot of cartoons i watched as a kid and i was of age to be attracted to a kid character and then as you grow (laughs) up the feelings are still there but now you're just like you are a child. I am an adult. This is not okay. <laughs> it's weird.
1: Right. So that was me she... and
0: Bart Simpson. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I had the biggest crush on Bart Simpson. Like it was so, it was a mess. Like I would like draw him all the time. Like I would use my mom's label maker and like put like Bart Simpson is a hottie and put it all over my bond binder and, <laughs> and stuff. It was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I, I just wanted to correct myself. Bomb queen, bomb queen, and queen is by Jimmy uh, Jimmy Robinson. Um, I appreciate that. So if someone, if someone looks that up, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. But like you having that opinion though, Jimmy, and like that that dilemma, you should be an anime fan. Because anime <laughs> fan, anime fan is being an adult seeing a child character and thinking, boku no pico, right? Eh? And like no. you, you don't want to be thinking that. Um, no,
0: no, because because the feelings started when I was of age. I don't want the feelings to start now and looking back at anime characters and be like, hey, no, uh, for example patty mayonnaise patty mayonnaise was attractive (laughs) when i was a kid and now i'm just like this is weird no
1: thank you let's not discuss i just shouted why let's not get into a discussion about that though I have like quite the deep dive fan
2: fiction of my romance um that I had with Beast Boy from Teen Titans like (laughs) that was that was my husband like we had I had an entire fan fiction dedicated to that we got married we had two kids like they were both like you know struggling with being normal and also being super powered and like you know one who's just all like yeah we're powerful and let's be villains and while the other one's like I just want to be a normal kid so that conflicts of growing up, and it was just, it was ridiculous. Anyways. um <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm realizing, though, what, what's hard for me with the whole villain thing is that I realized all of the, um, a lot of the villains that I have, like, a deep attraction to, they actually had, like, redemption arcs, and I think that was just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I, you know, I see how, I see how they're villains, but then you can also, like, I can empathize with them, so, and then they turn around and just be fucking, just wonderful, just... Uh, characters that you know the team relies on so like you know we got piccolo from dragon ball but like we're gonna talk about like <laughs> i love piccolo uh, we're gonna go on like uh, western uh, cartoons like we were talking about she-ra scorpia oh my gosh i was i, I adored yes. her so I, much
0: <laughs> i don't think that there's ever been a character that i have rooted for more than scorpia
2: yeah it's just and then like that was like also just one of those things where i'm just like oh my gosh i love himbos.
1: Like Scorpio is awesome as well because Scorpio does exist in real life, by the way. I'm not a wrestling fan, but if you know who Rhea Ripley is, you know who Scorpio oh, yeah. is. <laughs> Rhea Ripley is one of the hottest human beings on this fucking planet at the moment. And Rhea, if there's going to be a live action version of that c- cartoon, Rhea Ripley has to be Scorpio. Um, <laughs> But that that cartoon was just like filled with like really well written female characters as well. Like all of them have like an attractiveness in their own way. Um. So yeah, that's just that's just really good writing. Like showing how, like a vast different like array of people can be attractive for different fucking reasons. Um. Another one, going back to what you were saying, when I was younger, this was probably more okay than now. Shego from Kim Possible. i still love bratty goth girls man that's like that's probably where that came from
2: i I think she goes actually in her 20s though she was like 23 24 or something like that because she was actually a teacher like she like she actually went through through college she had a profession and everything
1: before she like went to evil (laughs) that makes me feel a lot better so (laughs)
0: I think I think that uh, the animators also are like, well, she's an adult, so we can get as sexy as we want. So I think I think yeah, I agree. I think that that's a you're good to go. Uh, yeah, I'm she gonna, had like she on. dated the principal, like she yeah, it was it was a whole thing.
1: I'm getting back <laughs> on <in> that shit. <laughs>
0: um, for listeners who are not who have not seen Shira, uh, I put I procrastinated on watching it because I thought it was going to be too it was going to be too cheesy, too romantic. But uh, the writing on that show is. Really exciting and really just suspenseful. And I remember uh I don't wanna to give too much of a spoiler, but when Catra is at a bad place in like the last few seasons and almost near death, I actually got teary-eyed. That- mm-hmm. Oh god, I
1: I, I cried like a baby at that show. But I'll tell you what, even better than that, anything, if you see the name Andy Stevenson on anything made ever, just go fucking watch it or read it. <laughs> because like Lumberjanes, um Shira Namona, my Ma- they're all great like it's just yeah but that, man that She-Ra series is it's really good Um, I, I at first I was like oh this is a cartoon from my childhood I'm probably gonna hate it oh no this is not She-Ra oh blah 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 doing that whole nostalgic like mid-30s man thing and then like I watched the first episode I'm like okay I'm hooked like sure. I
0: love
1: <laughs> I, I love cartoons that have real emotion in them not like this is fake overly American schmaltzy shit but like actual genuine like feeling and emotion and you can see that it's been written from someone who also struggled and Stevenson is you know is a trans person who also struggled a lot with their identity and who they were growing up because you see that a lot in Catra you see that in Shera being unconfident of like can she take over this role this power she's supposed to have can she be everything that everyone needs her to be but still be the person she wants to be to whoever matters the most to her who is Catra So it's just, man, that's, like, it's better written than a lot of, like, TV series for adults. Like, Game of Thrones could have learned a thing or two about fucking drama from that that (laughs) cartoon series.
2: Uh, Definitely with Shiro, Shiro was just such a great thing. I think I've, like, went through, like, a rewatch, like, three times now. Probably more than that, mostly because I keep introducing it to people. Um, But I know, like, for a long time, I had, like, I just had a hard time like watching Adora and then I'm like realizing it's because there's a lot of similarities between me and Adora and it was just all like oh man I'm projecting dang it <laughs> <laughs> um and then it's just like also it's just like because I had like kind of like this kind of fixed opinion on Adora it was like a situation yeah. where it's just like I had a um when I first kind of had the whole grappling of like the whole um the whole relationship and dynamic with Catra. It was just like, you know, it kind of just went over my head a little bit and then going through it like a second time, I was just like, oh no, okay. This all makes all so much sense and all comes together <laughs> so well. And it's like, holy shit, this is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Um, um, and then also speaking of villains, now that I think about it, Hordak Prime, would smash.
1: Yeah, I'd smash <laughs> Hordak, Hordak Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Hordak and hold, man, there's combinations there. Like he's got infinite clones. So I'm saying. Um, also, Disney wishes they could make something as good as that Shira cartoon. I'm just gonna say DreamWorks fucked Disney over on that one. Like, so I'm sorry your Disney sponsorship keeps going further away, there, Jimmy. But uh...
0: Uh, DreamWorks does that a lot, though. Where DreamWorks, you'll, you'll see a movie like uh, it's not DreamWorks, it's <laughs> Netflix that did this. Uh, sea Beast has an amazing. Car, uh, ba- Sea Beast is an amazing animated feature film that I highly recommend everyone watch. It's just amazing. Um the villain that I pick is Disney, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Phil was right about uh that a lot of Disney villains are too scrawny, or they're just like uh you've got Gaston. We mentioned Gaston earlier, and Gaston's not scrawny, but uh he is way too much of a dick. I don't want to deal with yeah. that bullshit. But uh <laughs> Dr. Dr. Fessilier, uh, the Shadow Man. I am a sucker for Keith David's voice. And so when He's he comes so cool. on scene, I love the Shadow Man something hard. Like, uh, he, okay, so bad that I don't take photos with any Disney character at Disneyland, but Shadow Man shows up. I'm like, I'm going to take a photo with you. Nope. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <was> good. <laughs> um, another,
1: and- another, another Disney one. Um, Hades from the Hercules one, man. There's something there, like. I, I don't oh, I know what it is. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is, like. but Hades in the, in the, the Hercules, just like, you know, it's, it's that sort of like wild. Uh, there's a wildness to the personality. Like, the character's not sane, obviously. Like they're wild, they're goofy, they're out there. Reminds me a lot of the character of Kefka from Final Fantasy. Um, and uh, yeah it's just really really well done this this version of the character and i I, there's something attractive to someone who is just like abandoned all sort of um pretense and norms and just being themselves like they're just like so wildly like fuck you this is me haha
0: my attraction to keith david though goes from Man to goliath and that goes back to the animal uh (laughs) as far as cartoons because I still imagine Goliath with a book in the library, and I'm like, ah, oh, god damn. Love Goliath. And that's a completely different character than the Shadow Man. And uh, <laughs> if the cat from Coraline was humanoid, maybe then, but that is way too much of a cat for me. I'm sorry. I don't, uh... <laughs> they gotta be a little more humanoid. They gotta be a biped.
1: <laughs> I opened this with a fucking goldfish. Come on, be brave. You did,
0: you did. I just... I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go that far with furries.
1: <laughs> also, Oh, well, one, a goldfish isn't furry. Two... Oh, um, <laughs> um,
0: scaly, I'm sorry. Scaly, I did right? <laughs> I did
1: send you a gif, both of you, in the, the, the chat that we had. I sent you a gif of the fish just so you can see what I mean with, like, the pin-up look of the fish. They,
2: they did make that fish very, like, sultry. Like, they, they did. Like, that was just a time of Disney where they were just like, we have to, like, show you that this is a feminine character. And so... And, or, and then, like, you know, and that time, femininity meant curvy eyelashes right. big lips and so they're why like no she... you have to make sure you know that this is right. a girl fish which means sex appeal
1: <laughs> why else is she kissing that that bowl you know like there's there's no other character in Pinocchio that's like getting it on with an object <laughs> and I... there's so many opportunities with Pinocchio to do that and they don't do it but this fish is gonna lick a bowl come on
0: I think that both of you are very Correct on this that uh, Disney is like having a humanoid furry. Okay, cool. But Disney did go crazy with some really, really animal, like non-humanoid animals. Uh, that whole scene on Bambi with all the Twitter pet, Twitterpated, Twitter. Uh, they, when the characters are really in- into, into, uh, in the mood, all of them are giving like sexy eyes. I'm like, calm the fuck
1: down. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
2: it's springtime, mating season. <laughs>
1: You can call him a thumper if you want to. <laughs> as Cupid,
0: let, imagine yourself <laughs> as Cupid. What two, sorry, that's a weird, because like I was coughing, because I still have a fucking lagging cough from COVID. Um, But picture yourself as Cupid. What two completely random characters are you romantically uniting?
1: I want to start on this one, because I think you might have taken an answer based on the post you made to like to get people for this because one of the first ones in my mind was Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life because that boy is sad he's like 20 he's just he's living his sad little life I think you give him to someone like a Lola Bunny or a Judy Hops and like Judy Hops will like mummy him fix him up it'll be like a weird sort of like you know mummy child like a sort of like you know like a sort of weird caretaker kink type relationship they'll have because Rocco has no fucking clue about life, but Judy will take care of him. I I think I'd put Rocco just with someone that can look after him and someone that can take care of him, someone who's better for him than the friends he has. Because, like, he's 20 and he's living in that shitty little house and his friends aren't the best either, you know? It's just, man, Rocco's modern life is, like, I look back, it's such a sad cartoon.
0: But Rocco has a a house. A lot of 20-year-olds can't say they have a house. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he has a house, but I mean, look at it. No, but it's like, <laughs> going back, like there's lots of cartoons back then that are kind of sad. When, Nick, when Nickelodeon was in like its good sort of cartoon era, it had a lot of good shows like that before, you know, before the um, the what's his name before the Schneider era took over. Like I got talking in a whole other way. <laughs> um, but yeah, now Rocco Rocco needs some love, and I think if we give him to some nice, responsible female bunny that would that would do him a lot of good
0: who you got phil
2: yeah like this one's tricky for me because um like i'm demi-romantic so like put like shipping characters are a little difficult but yeah it wasn't a similar mindset i was like okay what characters do i feel just need love and i feel like they just there was an injustice in the fact that they didn't receive love you know (laughs) and so i'm like trying to think about that you know um like, uh, dang, I had somebody I had someone in mind. Uh, and then it just it just like, whoop, oh, oh, <laughs> very, very specific because of just who I am as a person leatherhead from the 2003 version of Ninja Turtles, I think, <laughs> could have like, I, I just feel like, yes, they're like, this was a very sweet alligator man. And he had this genius brain and he had gone through so much trauma and he has like so much that in which he like you know he's constantly like regulating his emotions on his own and and he does it very well he does it very well on his own and from like the occasional help from his turtle friends but i just think that like he's just like he just has so much gentleness and kindness and love and just like, I think he could just benefit from having just a lovely like-minded person around him who's just like, yeah, I see you. I see your pain. I see your growth. I see your 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 talent and your potential. And I just want to see you thrive and grow and be happy and move past, like, you know, and just be in a place where like, yes, he's like, I feel like he's definitely at a point where there's a lot of like you know he's definitely absolved a lot of that trauma and like has worked on a lot of it but i just like feel like you know now i I want you to go to your next step like you're having fun in the sewers working on science and experimentation and then you know making sure your homies are good but you know it's like look, look, what what's next for you leatherhead and so like just thinking about like who are all my like my suitors that are like, you know, who are also like that scientific, you know, um geeky trope that would just be a good fit for him. So like, that's something I just have to think of right now for a little bit and just kind of pander, but that that's that's where I'll go. that That is a character I feel should deserve deserves to be in a romantic relationship.
0: <laughs> I, I like it that you're you're appealing to Leatherhead's science uh, mind because I'm like, oh, what scientists, what scientist characters do I want to hook Leatherhead up with? And the first one I came up with, because I don't, I'm not a good matchmaker, but the first scientist I thought of was a doctor, what was it, Dr. Uh, monkey for a Head from uh, Earthworm Gem. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or see, from uh, Captain Simi and the Space Monkeys.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Here too, it yeah, is. I'd like to also see him get out of the sewers and kind of explore the world more. Like the turtles are constantly going on these adventures to like different dimensions, different planets and shit. That's like take Leatherhead with you, let him find a boo. <laughs> so.
1: I just I just love the the soundbite for this whole thing it has to be that one line, sweet alligator man. Like that that is <laughs> such a good line.
2: Uh, do he's, want well, he's to do this? like, one of my most favorite characters of all times. Alligators are also my favorite reptiles, favorite animals, honestly. And then it's just, like, also, I forgot who voiced this particular leatherhead. First of all, I loved his design. He was also just adorable because he always, he, he was wearing his lab coat most of the time, and he had these cute, adorable glasses that were way too small for him, and he just, like, he worked them. He was just adorable. And I forgot <laughs> who voiced them. I just know that he was voiced by a Black man, and it just made me love him all the
0: more. <laughs> Uh, as someone who has a crush for Keith David, I totally understand what you mean. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was just like, who was it? Because like, it, ha- it honestly did have some Keith David vibes. I know it wasn't Keith David, but it, da- it had some like Keith David vibes to his voice. I'm literally looking it up right now. I, I will let you know. Continue, though.
0: <laughs> I kind of want to title this episode Sweet Alligator Breakfast, because I do like that, ter- I like that phrase <laughs> a lot. <laughs>
2: Because of like 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 if there's no other characters then heck hook, hook, hook him up with me because I love him okay <laughs> I'll I will love him I will
0: take care of him. <laughs> Darren, Darren, do you have a do you have an animated scientist you want to hook up with Leatherhead?
1: Oh man, I was thinking, I was trying to think of one. Um, I I think. Uh, I don't know, like I would I would. I know he's a kid, but when he grows up, when he comes of age, Dexter from Dexter's Lab.
0: <laughs> when you're old enough, I want to hook you up with an alligator mutant.
1: <laughs> but because both of them, you know, both of them need to get out and see the world more. Both of them have these these minds, um, Dexter's mind. He's trying all this stuff. None of it's working. Give him someone to help him on a little bit. It can be like a mentoring type relationship. It doesn't have to be like romantic. It can just be like a mentor, like... um. Like an entirely like platonic romance type thing, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, I, I looked up Leatherhead. One of the actors that voiced him was a Scottish man, weirdly enough. And uh, the original voice actor was F.B. Owens, who is... Um, yes,
2: that's, that's, this is the exact one I'm talking about. I just got him, too. Fred, um, Frederick man. B. Owens, Black man. And it's just like, he did not do too much work. But, yeah, that was the particular version of Leatherhead that I'm referring to. And... Oh my gosh and also just honestly the way that he spoke in there too they let him get away with so many like abonic like euthanisms that like i just love like cuz his particular like like uh like sworn enemy is bishop and the way that he would call him he would be like that devil. There was like so much in there. And we all knew growing up, all us little black children, he's like, he wanted to say white devil so bad. <laughs> just the way that he would say it. <laughs> it's just it was just one of those things. But yes, no, Leatherhead was just a treasure for me.
0: <laughs> that, that but yeah, I felt like
2: in other adaptions he had definitely they like kind of really played on to like the whole outback Australian thing that he had going on. So But yeah, that particular version, they went a whole different route. And um, fun fact that I just found out about the 2003 version. I always talk about this one because it's my favorite one. Apparently, that is the only adaption of Ninja Turtles outside the comic books where Peter Laird actually had almost full creative control. Uh When it came to the 80s version, honestly, they just kind of sold the rights and just like, hey, yeah, do something with this thing. And of course, that's why it was so vastly different from the comics. But the 2003 one, he was pretty much in charge of that <laughs> and so, like that's rad that i just found out about which is like i think which is also one of the reasons why i was so tied to it and how like you know as far as like its story and development goes but anyways yeah it's
1: also <laughs> why like the last ronin is such a big return to form for the for the turtles right because mm-hmm. it is it is the original creators again uh, that that comic book goes fucking hard by the way if you think the turtles is for children man Go read the original Turtles run and Never then read was. The no, they they watered that down like so much. So much.
0: The the two cup the two characters I wanna come uh I wanna ship that I wanna uh unite is there's no rhyme or reason to these two cup this this couple. I just really want to see them on a date because I think it would be really weird, and I kinda wanna draw it. I'm gonna draw it, it's gonna happen. Is Vir- Virgil, the old guy from Mighty Max, and Hexadecimal from Reboot. <laughs> a really terrifying character from Reboot.
2: <laughs> I don't think uh, I've seen either of
0: these. Uh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, re- I really want you to Google <laughs> Hexadecimal from Reboot, because Virgil yeah. is cool. If you let, if you know Mighty Max, you know who Virgil is, but it's not really yeah. that important. But Hexadecimal is just a nightmare fuel character. Uh, <laughs> that part where she gets mad and because like the face doesn't go with the words. But her face changes with her emotion, and she gets really fucking scary.
1: Oh, yeah, I've remember. i Googled it. I remember Reboot. It was, like, early PlayStation 1 graphics, but a TV show.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's hard. It's difficult. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's difficult to watch now. Uh, what a design, though. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hexadecimal.
1: Again, again, she looks like Empress Ada from Final Fantasy. My whole frame of reference to all stages of life, apparently, is Final Fantasy games. I'm okay with that, but she looks like Empress Eder from Final Fantasy. And
0: then Virgil from who? Uh, Virgil from Mighty Max. Uh, I think it was, I'm, I'm trying to remember the voice actor, but I think it was Frollo from Hunchback. I can't remember his name, but I think that he voiced Virgil. Uh, Tony J as uh, Frollo. Okay.
1: Hexadecimal but, would kill Virgil, dude. That's oh, not a romance. That's yeah, like for, a one Virgil's and gonna done. die. <laughs> That's like being that's like saying the alien you want to fuck is Natasha Henstridge and Species. Like, it's going to be a good way to go out, but that's the end of your life.
0: <laughs> like, Virgil will just... see it coming. Virgil Virgil knows everything and that's going to happen.
1: I mean, it's death by snoooshnoo is what I'm saying. <laughs> if we're talking just generally random hot cartoon characters, Taronga Leela. Done.
0: I, I also think I understand where Phil's coming from with a wannabe picked up in a relationship because when i thought of drawing a uh, fill in hexadecimal because not filling no, no. <laughs> that uh, Vir- <laughs> i was thinking about this. drawing when i was thinking about drawing virgil and hexadecimal i did picture because uh, hexadecimal is a tall villain mm. and i just see virgil being carried as they go on their date and i'm like damn maybe i also maybe i know what you mean about that
1: <laughs> i don't think i've ever pictured that in my life that- uh, partly maybe I've never pictured that because like I'm six foot three and a huge guy and always have been so for me it's just infeasible that that could happen so maybe maybe I need to picture that see. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I'm definitely not ha- um, height bias whatsoever in my romantic relationship so if my friends who I like, have been crushing like hear this like I, I, I'm not biased I'm all about personality more than anything but sometimes yes I like to be small <laughs>
0: Well, thank you both for uh, going on this adventure with me about talking about uh, kinks, furries, uh, love, <laughs> romance, Shira, ra uh, fish-fucking. I appreciate everything that we got to talk about. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, do you have social media that you want to mention?
1: I mean, I do, but I also don't know if I want it to be tied with fish-fucking, though. Um... That's fair. <laughs> I'm I'm very easily found anywhere. Um, my my Instagram handle is Gauze. Um I do my I put my photography on there. I share my poetry on there. I'm I'm planning on self-publishing a book roughly about March this year, um, of my poetry. So if you want to, if you know anything about self-publishing and can help me, hit me up because I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I just know it needs to be pink cover, pink pages, black text. So I'm making it very hard to achieve, but I'm gonna do it anyway.
0: Uh, Phil, you want any social media that's attached to fish-fucking, I guess? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like my social media, there's already plenty of just just weird shit attached to it. I feel like that's just my, my whole shtick at this point. Not per- <laughs> not particularly fish-fucking, but just, you know, weird shit in general. So, yeah, let's go for it. Um, Pretty much everything is... Uh, Philistine Etienne, so uh which is I know that's a that's I gotta spell that out. Uh, but P H Y L I S T I N E and then E T N is E T I E N N E. Um, Instagram there is a period in between uh the name, just because I kept changing it a million times and then I foolishly Foolishly changed it for when it was just Philistine Etienne and changed it to something else and I'm an indecisive person but yes just about anything you can find me (laughs) at Philistine Etienne and then also recent thing that happened is that I am starting an entertainment uh, company business whatever you want to call it because I aim to bring more immersive um events and entertainment into the world and so that is um the, the best thing that i can find as far as branding goes and a domain a domain was oil slick entertainment uh and so yeah you can find that so far right now on instagram as well as facebook patreon will be coming soon and yeah that's that's my little uh, advertisement
0: what words of wisdom would you give to an animated person looking for love oh <laughs> sound effect. All right, cool. Good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't.
0: It doesn't have to be romantic. It just could be love. Uh, I, I, like. <laughs> well, cause like I give the guest the last line, and I was like thinking, what can we give? What kind of advice could we give to Cleo the fish?
1: <laughs> Man, I, I feel like I feel like after this episode, it kinda has to end on something wholesome, right? We started with fish fucking, so we could end with you know, just be yourself. That's enough. But that just seems twee, so let's just go back to the first one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so wait, what was the exact question again, if you can repeat it?
0: Uh, what words of wisdom, what else, what words would you give to, uh, to an animated person, an animated character trying to find love?
2: Oh, okay, so here's something in which it's like one of those situations where I should take my own advice. Um, <laughs> definitely um, pretty much be open to things for what they are. Um, try not Try try your best not to focus on what could be or what should be. Allow things to be as they are, accept them, and find out ways to work with them and find out if they're best for you. Um, and try your best to um, pretty much stay out of your own mind as far as, you know, idealization. What you see is not always going to be the product of what you create in your own mind from what you see. It's really about, you know, just kind of staying grounded to reality and making things work based on what you got, not what you think they should or could be. So yeah. (laughs)